The following program has been pre-recorded. So many of our problems are just derived from us trying to solve our problems. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Pat McMahon, a student at Aquinas College here in Nashville. And just recognize, like, yes, this is the cross. Lord, may I be like unto you in it. He talks about what gives him hope, what gets him through the day-to-day life to find what's next in the future. Um, I think it's a good distinction that John of the Cross would make. Just, no, I don't desire to do this unpleasant thing, but so help me if I don't. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, where each week we bring in different guests, detailing different parts of young adult life, and covering just about everything we can, whether it be uh, budgeting and financing, dealing with relationships, or where we're going in the future. Uh, My name is Zach Jansen. I grew up in here in Middle Tennessee. I recently graduated from Belmont University in 2019. Uh, I'm co-hosted by Father Gervon, a chaplain at University Catholic in Nashville, who does just about everything, it seems like, here for the diocese. Uh, This week, we're joined by Mr. Pat McMahon. Pat, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, This might be something a little different, but thanks for being open to uh, uh, trying something new. For those who don't know who you are or or what you're doing, please tell us, where are you from and what are you doing today? Yeah, so I'm a college student from the Chicago suburbs, uh, Homer Glen, Illinois. Um, Right now, I'm in my third and final year at Aquinas College in Nashville, Tennessee, studying history and uh, pursuing minors in English and theology as well. Hmm. It's neat hearing the stories from people uh, coming all over for reasons for school as far as states away. I went 30 minutes away for school. It was very hard. And uh, But what was it like for you coming from Chicago? Was it an, an, an easy choice? Or what brought you to Tennessee, if I may ask? Well, the, the trip to Aquinas was an interesting one. When I enrolled, I was the only layman uh, really? to come to the college. <laughs> there was no on-campus living. And... Uh, yeah, it just so happened that Aquinas, um, just the Lord made it work, and the sisters really made it work, and mm-hmm. just made it made it clear in their uh, uh, generosity toward me in terms of like scholarships and things like this, but also just toward their support and their effort to like say like when you come here. Um, <laughs> yeah, Those teachers know how to do the thing. That, that's right. Yeah, there was no there was no if you decide to come here, it was like well once you're here you'll see, and it's okay. Yes, sister. Um, yeah, so the, kind of that dynamic, and then coming down and. Figuring out the Nashville housing market and uh, living mm. in an Airbnb for three months, kind of really, thing. yeah. And uh, you didn't you didn't have a, a set place to stay on camp, anywhere to stay. No, <laughs> yeah, just kind of came down blind. Um, made some good connections through various um, Nashville Catholic people, and uh, yeah. And when you say being the only layman at a at a school, that's pretty mind blowing. First of all, people who maybe aren't so passionate about their face, but that that would say, well, I want other students to be there with me. What what role did that have a, 
for that play for you? Are there a lot of sisters you're going to school with, I suppose? Uh, yeah, so just in case someone doesn't know, um, Aquinas College is home to about 30 to 40 people. Mm-hmm. Um, presently, if there's 30 people, 26 are religious sisters and four are laymen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with respect to the passion about the faith, that was not me when I came to Aquinas. Really? I was, yeah, I was... Um, it's an interesting kind of period of transition in my life, just uh, kind of outgrowing just like the high school immaturities. And I went to a very large public high school and was not, uh, I was attached to the faith via the sacraments. I would go to mass every Sunday, but I didn't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, not really catechized. And uh, yeah, just found myself right time, right place. And uh, in God's providence, just, yeah, found myself at Aquinas being the only layman, which was a funny novelty and difficult and purgative in its own way, but um, incredibly fulfilling. So did you know you wanted to be on a, on a Catholic campus? Because coming from a large public high school, which is, I think, what a lot of people deal with, um, is being from a large public school and where Mass is just a thing that you do on Sundays. Um, but what attraction did the, did the Catholic campus have for you? I think just where I was by the time I got to my senior year in high school, um, having kind of been very much of the high school world culture in a school of 4,000 persons. Um, I think by the time I was a senior, I was just on the brink of like being finished with this and my friend group and that we've just kind of come to just just a real distaste for it and just kind of a, you know, just the sorrow that comes with living in hedonism and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, just reacting against just like the the scale of the thing. 4,000 people should never be in a building. So just the logic of that. Yes. And then I was just looking for small Catholic Catholic liberal arts schools because um, I I thought I wanted to teach because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I never really, I was not one of those people who was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. But in in my mind, it was always just like I could teach. Uh, Never really stressed too much over it. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I was applying to big state schools in Illinois to try to get a teaching license or something like this. And I was sick of paying all these application fees, $40, wow. $50 each, and then Aquinas was free, and I just signed up, and I uh, ended up there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you kind of talk about starting over. Like, you had your friend group there, and you were just kind of done with it and wanted something new, and you briefly mentioned you found the community there, the University Catholic, and, and we talked about, and you talked about Focus, which we've had a lot of those missionaries come on talking about that great uh, college campus ministry. Uh, what was it like for you finding community? Uh, did it happen overnight, it feels like, or did it slowly, you met one person, and then, wow, Nashville started to feel like home? I think my experience was unique. Um, even even though I was attached to University Catholic and uh, attending Sunday supper and, you know, engaging the community, altar-serving things like this, I still felt like all the people at University Catholic were closer to each other than I was to them or than I ever would be with them because I just had a radically different campus experience. So it was a very slow kind of incremental, um, built a small niche of friends who really invested in me. And uh, hmm. yeah, kind of from there evolved into just like a, a, like a whole network of just relationships of tremendous value and good. Wow. Well, Father, how do you see that as their leader? Kind of like you always talk about feeding your flock. How, how do you see that kind of looking looking over them, seeing the friendships develop and continue? And like you said, you love the experiences like the awakening retreat talked about. Is it just mind-blowing seeing the, the community form and especially the intimate one-on-one friendships that, that grow? Um, what's it like from the outside looking in, so to speak? Yeah, it's it's always very interesting because a lot of times is like they don't know what is happening. You know, like sometimes we just kind of hear on the outside and it's like, you are fairly in love with Jesus right now. You know, like, hmm. and then like, 
and then later on they kind of come back it's like yeah at that point you know I started to pray I started to participate I started that became really my my community so it's pretty it's pretty cool to see that you know like hmm. see that happen and it's like oh really tell me more about that I just, it was like I, of course I saw that you know yeah but kind of see then to and I think it's like just like anything that you do in life whatever you open yourself to that's what you're gonna get from it wow the more you put in the more you're gonna get out yeah and then like it's you know if and if somebody starts to come to the events start to come to mass start to pray and it should you know like for those because we have people that just come you know on awakening we had a guy that was talking about you know the reason that he came to a university catholic events was to find a girlfriend <laughs> I mean, it's a reason. That's good. Yeah, you know, that's good. He, that he had his priorities. I thought of a joke. You know, but you know, that's he still haven't found it yet. Mm-hmm. But you know, it doesn't matter why you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing when you get there, and then you start to pray and you start to participate in stuff, and then you're gonna find a, that encounter with Christ that will change your life. Hmm. I think I agree with you. Um, Pat as well as as far as that community built slowly and it kind of felt like the outside looking in like these people already had something established and here I am an outsider because I was in your shoes coming from Aquinas going to Belmont and uh looking for something new but for about like a year or two I was just finding nothing just feeling so empty um just going to class maybe talking to people in there and then as soon as I left I was gone and that was it and uh it's real kind of depressing finding your self-worth in that way um, but I'll never forget the, the moment it all changed for me when I was in uh, the cafeteria there, and I heard and someone in the cafeteria as, as I was grabbing my egg said the word Catholic on a giant Baptist campus, and I said, uh, oh my gosh, I am too. But it, it, it slowly started to change my life from there because they invite you to things that you believe in too, That as far as going to, to morning prayer and slowly to, to daily mass. Uh, so, Pat, for you, what has been rewarding in your faith life as a college student? Well, I mean, Christ himself is our reward. He is our crown. Virtue is its own reward. So that's been very good, just becoming close to our Lord and Mm -hmm. um, by grace letting some work happen um, with and through and in him and in me. Um, Yeah, but also just just coming to recognize, like, happiness is now as well, I think. yeah, I mean, we, we, we often talk about, we, we do have a hope for heaven and things like this, but yeah, just the the tremendous reward that is our Lord and the Eucharist and things like this. And um, yeah, I think just possession of God hmm. in the Blessed Sacrament is just so widely available at UCAT, and that has just been kind of the single most transformative and rewarding thing. It's just like the presence and returning to the presence daily and becoming devout to the presence and even when I don't want to be in the present, I'm there, and it's there's, there's a part of the, there's a part of me that's deeper than I am that uh, recognizes I ought to go there. So just having, just having the presence and being attached to it is sufficient reward for a lifetime, I think. Wow, can you talk about that further? I know you said you fall fall in love with it that way, but there are some moments where, you, where your body's just like, I don't want to do do it, or but you know it's the right thing for your soul. What mm-hmm. can you speak about that? Eighty percent of it is just showing up, is a a good a good motto. I think I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a good motto. Eighty percent of it is just showing up. Is there's some truth to that, um, yeah. And just recognize that uh, uh, 
the the natural has to be clothed in the supernatural, and uh, sometimes that re- requires you to say no to that which you feel or that which uh, your body or your mind even just naturally desires and just recognize, like, no, this is for a higher thing that is not contrary to my nature but kind of beyond it hmm. in terms of it's, it's a coming, it's, it's in the order of grace. So, hmm. yeah, just being being faithful and trusting that the Lord is faithful to you even when you're not faithful to him, that he's present to you even when you're not mentally present to him in holy hour, and uh, that he wants to work on you more than you want him to. Well, well speaking of, of just showing up, uh, are, are you seeing the people showing up and, and, and filling the pews with, with a desire uh, to be there? And I, I know we talk about, too, people having excuses. Um, do you think people are having the desire to, to make that next step, to show up for things and, and be present? Yeah, I think that, I, and I say that all the time, you know, working with University Catholic is it's awesome because people are there, they are there because they want to be there, you know, Nobody's forcing them. Like, you know, I was a chaplain in high school for four years. And a lot of stuff that we did is like retreats. And like, we make the students go. That was their schedule. They yeah, the you have to go. Like, the retreat is during your school hour. So instead of going to class, you're going to go to this retreat. Mm-hmm. I think the big blessing about University Catholic is you there because you want to be there. So I can challenge them to be the better version of themselves. Because they want to be there. Wow. And even when they, they are there, they want to be there even when they don't want to be there. Hmm. They decide to be there. So I think that's the thing. And I think with this year of the pandemic and COVID and all that stuff, people are really looking at their priorities. You know, they can't be everywhere. You know, I think they, they, that that hungry and that thirsty for Jesus is there because it's there, you know, our soul is restless until we find the Lord. Mm. You know, St. Augustine was saying that, you know, this emptiness, and it was, I was looking outside, it was inside. Mm. It was Jesus himself. So if you understand this, and if you, you know, even when you don't understand this, whatever you do is going to be something that is going to help you to go to find that. Mm. Well, Pat, that reminds me of what you were saying, how, like you said, Father, when you want to be there, even when you don't want to be there, which is a great way of saying it. And uh, as beautiful as it is sometimes to, to be a part of the sacraments and, and find the joys of it with the community and, and the highs of the retreats, life inevitably gets hard sometimes. That's part of being human and, and dealing with the struggles. Uh, but as, as a college student where you are now, and about, about to finish up here, it sounds like, uh, Pat, what are some challenges you face or, or are still facing? It's an interesting position. Um, to be in just kind of at a there are plenty of transitions in one's life and things like this but I think th- I think the um, graduation from college and into the the world or wherever is a significant one I was thinking about this today just life has felt more and more like something I'm doing and something less like I'm in because a lot of my activity right now is um, closing things up and finishing things hmm. and attending to relationships and um, in a strange way um practicing, like, not ending relationships, but putting them into the order they'll be in upon graduation. And personally, just I'm, I'm discerning the monastic life, and I'm kind of inclined toward um, that option right now. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's, it's an endurance sort of thing, too, because, you know, it's a grace to desire um, the Lord, and we have to, you know, we're given that grace, and we have to preserve it. We have to watch after it. We have to keep, we have to ask that it be kind of preserved in us and increase in us, because 
so yeah, just kind of the just the, the habitual desire for the life, which is a challenging one, which requires a lot of sacrifice, which is frequently tested by the spirit of the, the world that is contrary to it and that is, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, you know, requires sacrifice just, of my, sacrifice just of my nature and things like this. So, you um, mentioned the cult to monastic life. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what, what drew you to that and what that entails for someone who maybe is unfamiliar with, with this next step in, in life? Sure. So I've been starting the religious life for um, about two years, I think is a fair estimate at this point. Um, I've discerned with a couple other active orders and things like this, but it, it was the pandemic actually, and just kind of the stopping and being put and slowing down and just various um, spiritual exercises and things like that that I took up mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So many kind of had that encounter where I just realized like, I really might enjoy this whole, um, just like a very habitual, low-impact kind of structured thing that is just all about the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. Religious life was not something new to me um, when it kind of came this summer and things like this, but uh, the thought of just life for its, like, just the contemplative life, it has no secondary ends. Um, so many religious are teachers or um, nurses or something like this, but the monastic life, the whole purpose is to be. Wow. To be with the Lord and... Um, yeah, and just the graces and the, the way he spoke to me this summer just very much inclined me on that path. So. so I'm sure you had a lot of silent time in prayer to, to think about it. And how much has guidance from others been a big part of it as far as seeing people who are older than you or been in your shoes before? I guess the orders themselves, are you receiving a lot of guidance as far as like what thought process to have, just where you are as a young man? Oh, certainly. Um, yeah, the part of the, part of the beauty of monastic life is the 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 breaking of one's own will not mm. in, a, in a in a in a kind of violent sense in the way in the sense of like not like it's brutal they're doing it to you but just it must happen because it's imperfect but that said part of the, a huge keystone of that is just letting people who are outside your own mind determine things for you and taking mm. their input so having a spiritual director who you're honest with and accountable to in some degree um, speaking with those who have um, been in your your shoes and listening to their experience reading the church fathers and mm-hmm. the spiritual writers and actually listening to what they say and uh, but also just not not treating it like I'm trying to figure something out because it's a response wow so I'm just you know it's just an invitation to love in a particular mode and uh, you know the Lord gives gifts that give hints um, to how that might be most how you might best be inclined to respond mm-hmm. and just discerning that's that's what the discernment is you don't discern this large monolithic vocation of whatever you're discerning you know what has the lord given you and how can i return it hmm. i love that you mentioned uh spiritual direction too because we, we had briefly mentioned that in our last episode with george carter from belmont university um but i didn't realize he was being directed with you father how, how has that been in your shoes as the one providing spiritual direction to these these young adults and seeing that change in their lives I think it's it's awesome because just like I, I'm watching the work of the Lord, it's not that, and I think that our job is as a spiritual director is allow the Lord to do His work. Wow. It's not something that I do. I'm there, you know. The the main spiritual director is the Holy Spirit, hmm. and I'm there to kind of like, have you thought about this? Tell me more about this. And kind of it's like from outside able to see 
and, and, and question and, and allow them to like, oh, it's good that somebody else, you know, from outside is help me with that process. But mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not to tell you what to do. Hmm. It's to help you to discern what to do. Wow, it's pretty powerful that you mentioned that you're not the one essentially giving them the guidance. It's the Holy Spirit and how it kind of reminds me of you said when you go to bed from working all night or being at the church, you say, all right, God, I'm going to bed. You take care of it. But that's how it is, I guess, in the, in the spiritual direction that you're not there to tell them exactly what to do, but be, be there to listen to. Yeah, and the director is the one who does the work, you know, like it's, it's like it's your life, it's your vocation. So like yeah. what is, where does the Lord lead you to? And I think it's that moment uh, as the, you know, like, oh, you are falling in love with Jesus like right now. You know, like that's the moment that's like, yeah. I remember one time I was at, at Father Ryan and the skid come to his spirit direction and this and this and, you know, and then he starts to cry. I was like, what's huh. happened, dude? And then he's like, I now realize that I'm in love with Jesus. And at that point, I was crying too. I was like, yes, you are, dude. Yes, great. You know, keep doing. But yeah, it's just like that sense of, whoa, Jesus is indeed the source and the summit of my life. Hmm. And, you know, like what Pat was saying, vocation is come from the Latin word vocati, to call. Wow. But if it is, it's a call that needs an answer. Hmm. You know, so a lot of times we, whenever we talk about vocation, I want to do stuff. Your part of the thing is answer that call. Hmm. It's not, you know, doing, it's answer that call. And also just how tremendously not sexy that is sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like just, I, I, just early on in my own spiritual life, just kind of seeing the, the, the director as, you know, the dictator or the one with the answers. Um, when I think you'd agree, you have no answers. Nope. When in fact, it's really just about, uh, much of my direction now is just, Father, this is a thing. I really don't even care if you give me advice on it at this point. It's just more important that you know that this is happening in me and that it's out there in reality. And then wow. like guidance from there, but it's just so much of it is just expectation management. And, and, and the thing about, yeah, and yeah. I feel about that is like, okay, there's a thing. How are we gonna solve that thing? You know, mm, not or, by keeping or, it in or, your head, or yeah. how you're gonna solve that. Thing, you know, <laughs> or just pray about it and see what the Lord is talking to you about. Okay, yeah. good. This is something that is challenged, but it's good. Go on and find a solution and come back, and we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just like, you know, Father, there's this this suffering. It, that's not to be solved. That's just there. Yeah, leave it. Stop trying to solve that. Offer live it. that. You know, yeah. live that. Okay, Lean good. Into it. Yeah, just it's good to suffer. That's fine. Yeah, you're yeah. fine. There was a quote from some author I heard in my scripture class at Aquinas. Just the, so many of our problems are just derived from us trying to solve our problems. Sometimes wow. you just have to sit there and just recognize, like, yes, this is the cross. Lord, may I be like unto you in it. And, like, may I know that you are here with me because you fixed yourself to the cross. And, yeah, just being honest about that so you can continue to bear it and uh, bear it healthily and not in a strange way. And, yeah, and just receiving, receiving the feedback of, those who you trust more than yourself to uh, save your soul. Wow, um, um, that's pretty powerful. That you don't have to you don't have to solve it right away because that's when you get to the two different kinds of people. Um, I, I'm always one to lay back and let something quote unquote solve itself. As far as the one that will make the decision uh, right away from from right and wrong, 
does it feel like something that gives you stress or anxiety or something that would keep you up at night? Or do you, are you find yourself able to sit back and say, this is something I'm dealing with. I know it'll work out. I think it's important to recognize that one of those is a consequence and one of those is a choice. Wow. So naturally, you know, when there is an evil upon us, we react in the body and in the mind and in the will. Um, so one can be anxious, but also just say, but I'm going to let this be. Hmm. And um, you'll become habituated through that. You'll kind of gain experience and perspective and things like this. But yeah, no, don't try to suppress anxieties. It's important to grieve. It's important to recognize like, okay, this is... Um, There's a time to be sorrow. Yes, this yeah. is troubling to me. Mm-hmm. And it's troubling to me for sensible reasons. That said, Lord, this is the cross and... I offer you this suffering for the sake of hmm. my endurance, for the sake of salvation of souls, for the sake of the renewal of your church, whatever. Wow. Jeez, that's beautiful. And, and uh, as you're kind of ending your, your college time here and, and really praying about the, the next steps of your life, um, how, how do you find joy in living? If I may ask, Pat, what gives you hope just, just for, for a life to come and, and where you are as a young man? Well, hope is a theological virtue, which means if it's actually hope, it's from God alone. That said, God inspires hope through a lot of um, means. I have a ton of hope for just the people I've been able to meet and invest in and be invested in by and to watch those who have invested in me enter seminary and um, continue to care about Christ alone in seminary and just to see you know, conversions happen in and around your life um, and to watch people who... Uh, kind of came behind you rapidly become holier than you are and say, oh, okay, this yes, I am a member of a church. This is a thing. Um, so there's that. And then just the absolute, um, just the joy of so many people around you. But yeah, ultimately, like it comes from God and it can be refused. Like one can choose to not see the Lord's work in mm-hmm. things and the one can choose to not ask to see. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm sure you see that, Father, as well, as far as, like you said, like you said before, with, with the students that come on here, that's just the way they are. They're a hopeful people, full of joy, and people ask, what makes them the way they are? It's because they're spending that, that hour in prayer and that time in Mass, because they, they know something greater is there, and I'm sure you see that in your students every day where you are. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing for us, you know, me being a chaplain is like, it's not my work. It's not my job. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's. I'm just pointing. You know, like John the Baptist. Hmm. He is the Lord. Wow. He is the Lamb of God who changed the world. Go. You know, and each person have to decide and choose to go. Hmm. You know, but I mean, our job as priests is. <laughs> there was, and I told this before. Bishop Toby would always say, you know, the word had to save any of you. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's not me. You know, mm-hmm. my my goal is to point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Each person has to decide to go. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not that I'm doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's the Lord. He loves you, and he wants you to love him back. Mm-hmm. You, you know, each person has to decide to do the work be hearing from some students but that's it you know it's just like they decided to be Hmm. what you know God created them to be like St. Catherine of Siena said if you are what God meant you to be you you know set the war on fire wow 
beginning of your life, you know. <laughs> and then if you, I mean, that's it. That's the that's the whole that's the whole thing. If you are who God created you to be, mm. you will set the world on fire. Well, as every day we we keep going and and finding that reason to have hope and 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 to just be. Uh, thank you, Pat, for being a guest on the show today. Thank you for having me. Um, a special thank you to everyone in our listening audience. We hope you enjoyed and, and just related to what you heard today too, especially uh, if you're a young adult uh, in college or, or finishing up and are, are fresh out and, and looking where to go to life. We, we hope you find that hope, uh, that reason for joy and, and to deal with the, the stresses and anxieties that come from life. Uh, remember, you can always find uh, our shows anywhere you get your podcasts by searching for Belonging for Young Catholic Adults, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on WBOU.org or right here at 100.5 FM. A special thank you to Father Gervon, our co-host Pat McMahon, uh, and Jim Chandler as well. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Mm-hmm.